Hey, what is up everybody? My name is Pastor Boz and I'm the Midlothian and online campus pastor here at God Squad Church. I hope you guys had an absolutely amazing New Year's Day this past week. And uh, I know that when New Year's comes around, there's a lot of resolutions, there's a lot of different adjustments that we need to make to the new year. And we're going to be talking a little bit about those adjustments that we need to make as we move into a new year. And as many of you know, with the adjustments to a new year that we have to do, maybe it's because of a resolution that you had. Maybe you had a resolution that had to do specifically with health this past year, back in 2020. Maybe maybe it was, I'm going to go to the gym every single day this year. Or maybe it was, I'm going to go for a run every single day. And as every year comes, we make those adjustments with our diet for physical health, or maybe you made a spiritual diet health physical or uh, adjustment that you need to make where you actually decided, I'm going to read the Bible every single day this year. And so maybe you did those things, but unfortunately in 2020, we had to make adjustments, not at the beginning of the year, but unfortunately we had to make adjustments in March due to COVID-19, those adjustments had to be immediate, right? So you were going to the gym every single day, but then all of a sudden when COVID-19 hit, you all of a sudden realized, I, I can't go to the gym every day anymore. Or maybe you were going out for a run every day and then the quarantine came and you, you, you were unable to go to your favorite park to run. You were unable to run with your best friend, whatever it might have been. And so you had to make adjustments. We all have to make adjustments year to year, no matter what it might be in our life. And as gamers, we know exactly what adjustments we need to make in our life as well. And here's the reason reasons why is because in video games, in Overwatch or Rainbow Six Siege, League of Legends, whatever the multiplayer game that you're playing is, there's changes that come to the games. There's different metas. What a meta essentially is, if you don't know what it is, it is the specific characters or moves that you need to use specifically to be able to move forward in the game, to be able to do better. I remember when Overwatch first came out that people were making fun of one specific character when people mained him. People were making fun of Hanzo mains. Hanzo, okay? I remember seeing a tweet tweet one time from a couple and unfortunately their child was a gamer and while in class, the, some another classmate took his pencil and uh, the, the, the child called this uh, classmate a Hanzo main. And so the teacher wrote a note home to the parents who both understood uh, the confrontation and understood what their son had meant as well. And they tweeted that they could not stop laughing because, because the teacher wrote home and said, explained exactly what happened, that the person took his pencil and that their child called and insulted this child with calling him a Hanzo main. And the teacher actually said, I don't know what this means, but it clearly was an insult as it hurt the child. And and so the parents actually tweeted out that they could, they hadn't stopped laughing. It had already been 30 minutes that, you know, they had seen the note written home from their son. And so Hanzo mains, but here's the thing, over the course of the next couple of months, Hanzo actually became a character that you could use in the game and he was a part of the meta 
He, there is an adjustment that need to be make, made, and that that's what happens with new patches or when new characters comes out, there's new adjustments that you have to make. And so today what we're going to be talking about is different adjustments that we need to make in our lives as we move into 2021. And so the title of my sermon is Learning to Move. And we're going to be talking about moving forward and how to actually move forward. And so my first point for you guys is don't focus, reflect. Don't focus, reflect. And so I wanted to read for you guys. It comes from Genesis chapter 19. And I'll give you guys a preview of essentially what is going on. God is about to destroy two cities, one of them called Sodom, the other one called Gomorrah. Many of you have probably heard this story or heard uh, different things about these two cities in the past. But essentially, God was going to destroy these two cities. And they were two cities that were against God in every way, shape, and form that you could possibly think of. There's a lot of sin going on, a lot of unrighteousness, and why God destroyed them is for another sermon for another time. We won't get into that right now, but God is essentially going to destroy these two And so it says in Genesis chapter 19, verses 15 through 17, it says, As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up! Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And then we're going to move forward and go into verse 23 through 29. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back. And she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he looked and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. Back in 2020, or maybe a previous year, maybe there was other years that you think of. I know for myself, 2020 was not the worst year of my life. There are years before that that were much worse than 2020, but maybe 2020 was the worst year for you, or maybe there's another year that you can previously look at, and you can say, that was a really bad year for me for one reason or another. It could be health issues, finances, whatever it might be, saying that was one of the worst years of my life. Maybe there were good things and you had a really good year last year or a few years ago and you can look back and you can say that was one of the best years of my entire life. Or maybe there's failures and successes that you had in the past, failures and successes in 2020. Maybe in 2020 there's a specific sin that you've been struggling with and you've been entangled in and you've been trying to get out of it over and over and over and over. A lot of times what we do 
as we let those things linger in our mind. We see in these verses, it says that Lot lingered in the beginning. He lingered where he was, even though God sent two angels specifically to Lot to get him and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And they said what God was going to do. It says that Lot lingered. He lingered. I don't know about you, but if somebody told me that my my town was going to have sulfur and fire raining down upon it, upon it and that God was going to destroy it. Now, honestly, if somebody came and told me that, I, I might question them. But the thing is, is God sent two angels, two lots specifically to get them out. And then finally, they had to forcefully grab them because Lot was lingering. But then there's something even worse that happens because the two angels tell them, when we're running through the valley, don't look back. And Lot's wife, one of the things that she does as she's running, she looks back. She looks back at Sodom and Gomorrah. But here's the thing. Looked back in Hebrew doesn't mean that she just kind of was running and she just kind of glanced back at it and, and, and that was it. No, looked back in Hebrew meant that she was intently looking back. Most scholars say that she probably stopped in her tracks and turned around and looked at Sodom and Gomorrah, either before or during the destruction, and just looked intently at it. Other scholars believe that she actually started to go back. It wasn't that she just glanced back at it, but she actually stopped in her tracks, turned around, and started to go back to Sodom and Gomorrah, where she just left. And then she turned into a pillar of salt. And she was unable to move forward. And I think sometimes a lot of times for us is we look back on our lives, but we don't reflect on it. We focus on it. We focus on 2020. We focus on all of the bad things that happened back in 2020. We focus on all the bad things that happened in previous years in our life, or we focus on even the good things. But when we're just focusing on those things, we're preventing ourselves from actually being able to move forward in what God is trying to do in our lives. And if we keep looking back, how are we going to move forward? However, the first step in moving forward is actually to be able to reflect on the past, not focus on it, reflect on it, and then we will have a chance to learn from it. And that's my second point for you guys is to learn from it. We can learn from the past. We can learn from our failures. We can learn from our mistakes. We can learn from our successes. We can learn from the good things that have happened to us in the past. We can learn from all of those things. I want to give you guys an example of something that I learned in my life back when I was in high school. If you were here for Waymaker 2020, uh, you guys will once again hear the most embar- one of the, one of the most embarrassing stories that I've had ever in my entire life. But I want to give you guys an example of something that I learned. Now, if you are a boomer out there and you understand what I'm about to say, put a hashtag boomer in the chat if you remember this. Back when I was in middle school, there was something really cool that was starting to catch on. It was called email. Okay, and you guys are like, oh my gosh, he's talking about the first times that email. How old is this guy actually? Yes, the first times that email was starting to catch on on the internet when the internet was first coming out, guys. I know it actually didn't start way back in the day. It started pretty recently if you think about it. But here's the thing. Email came out and what I would do on my dial-up internet and I, I would write a message to somebody and I would send it as an email. 
And then five minutes later, I would click refresh with my dial-up internet and I would wait another 10 minutes for my email to load and I would read what my friend sent back and then I would send something back. But then technology had, uh, people in science, they had this major breakthrough. There was no cell phones out that was super popular yet. There, there was no text messaging. We had something in, put a hashtag boomer in the chat if you guys use this. AOL Instant Messenger. Long gone are the days of refreshing my dial-up internet. Now I can use my dial-up internet to message somebody instantly in real time. Yes, in real time. Absolutely amazing. In real time, I can send a message to somebody and they could read it and they can send me a message right back. Instant messenger. It was like a godsend when I got into high school. So now we have AOL Instant Messenger, and unfortunately, I had a, f- a few bad times on AOL Instant Messenger, and one of them was uh, I had a best friend, in, one of my best friends in school, his sister, I didn't know this, she apparently had feelings for me, I did not know before this whole entire confrontation happened with her, but unfortunately, what had happened was she asked me a question on AOL Instant Messenger. And she said, are you going with anyone to homecoming dance this year? And I said, no. And I hit enter and it sent it to her instantly like that. And then I typed another question and I put you question mark and she sent me back. Sure. Now it took me maybe 10, 20, 30 seconds, even just to, to, just to read the last few messages And I'm reading it and I'm saying, what in the world does she actually? And then it dawned on me and I go, oh, oh no. I had meant to say, are you going with anyone to the dance? The same question that she asked me. What she took you with a question mark as is you want to go with me to the dance? And this is not my best moment in life, but it took me over two weeks to get up the guts and the courage to tell her that I did not intentionally ask her to the dance and no to all of your questions that are probably coming in the chat right now. I did not take her to the dance and she did not talk to me for three months straight. Rightfully so. Not my best moment in life, but it did happen. And so the thing is, is I learned from that situation. And what I learned was in any type of text messaging, you have no uh, tone of voice. There's no body language, which are the two major things when you're talking to somebody. All you have are words. And so I, I made a point that day in either text messages on a cell phone, on Discord, on Twitch whispers. If it's just text messages, I'm going to be very detailed in what I put in because if I'm not detailed, I might make the same exact mistake that I made that day. But the thing is, is I learned from that mistake and I moved forward from it. I moved forward after I learned from it. Now, let me read for you guys. Uh, it comes from Philippians chapter four, verses eleven through twelve. And if you're if you grew up in the church, you have read these verses before, and we actually talked about them weeks ago here at God Squad Church. But we're going to talk about them again because it definitely uh, definitely relates to what we're talking about today. And this is Paul saying this. Paul says in verse eleven of chapter four, "Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am uh, I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. 
in any and every circumstance, I have, get this, learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And growing up, I thought, this is easy for Paul to say, right? This is easy for Paul to say. Listen, Paul is like the superhero of of the New Testament. He's the superhero of all Christians. He gets it. He understands it. This is easy for him. He's actually a super Christian. Growing up, that's what I felt like because you read all about Paul. You read all of his letters. He wrote half the New Testament. Obviously, this guy knew what he was talking about, but the thing was, was Paul wasn't a super Christian. He wasn't a superhero. Let me read for you guys some of the things that Paul went through. And this comes specifically from Paul again. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 33. Yes, there is a 2 Corinthians. Corinthians was a really, really bad church, so they got two letters. But anyways, chapter 11, verses 23 through 33, he says this. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. Now, let me stop right here. Paul has said before, I'm the worst of the worst. He does make a statement here that I'm a better one, but then he actually says, I am talking like a madman right after this. So Paul knows his mistake here. He writes the letter. Let's move on from it. All right. He says, I'm talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. It's not just that he had a one-time near-death experience. A lot of people talk about their one-time near-death experience. No, he says, I was often near death. Not just sometimes, often it happened. Verse 24, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And if you guys don't know what stone means, it just essentially means that a crowd of people got around him with large rocks and they would throw the rocks at him until they would leave him for dead. But by the grace of God, he lived through his uh, stoning that he had. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day, I was adrift at sea. I don't know about you, but being adrift at sea, I can only imagine Paul just hanging on to a board in the middle of the ocean. Verse 26 on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things. He says, these things were bad, and apart from other things that happened to me, There is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? And am I not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under King Eratos was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was laid in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. Paul didn't just know. Growing up, I thought he knew how to be content. I thought he knew how to be content in every circumstance and that he had that superhero strength. But it doesn't say that he knew. It says that he had to learn to be content in good times. He had to learn how to be content in bad times. 
You see, the thing is, is many of us, when good, bad times come, we focus on those things and we give up. Usually, more more times in the bad times, we give up. COVID-19, well, there's a new strain of it going around. We might as well just give up on the vaccine at this point. It, nothing's going to get better. We might as well just give up. My finances this past year, they've been really, really bad, so I might as well just give up providing for myself, providing for my spouse, providing for my family. I might as well just give up looking for jobs. Well, my marriage is on the rocks and it has been for a little while. I might as well just give up on the relationship because it's not going to get any better. And we keep focusing on these bad things. Maybe you're looking at a sin in your life. Well, I might as well just give up on trying to get out of this. It's been months now and I'm struggling with it still. And it's impossible for me to get out of this sin. So you know what? I might as well just give up. I, it, It's not going to happen anyways. And we keep focusing always on the bad things over and over and over. And it's preventing us from being able to move forward into what God wants us to do in our lives. And so instead of focusing on the bad things, we need to take a chapter out of what Paul says. Take a page out of his book and learn from all the bad things. Learn from our failures. Learn from our successes so that we can move forward like Paul did. Like I said, he wasn't some superhero. And actually, not only was he not a superhero, he gave us the secret recipe. A lot of people take this verse out of context and I'm not saying that it's out of context because it's not true. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says this, and it's a very popular verse, and it says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Great verse. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, and that is true, but when we take it out of context, we're just putting it out there to make ourselves feel good. But when we put it in context, what Paul is saying here is I've gone through all these horrible things. I know how to be in good times. I know how to be in bad times. And the reason is, is because Christ gives me strength. I'm not relying on my own strength. I'm not relying on what I can do. I'm not relying on my knowledge. I'm not relying on my past. I'm relying on what God can do to help me to understand what happened, learn from it, and move forward. God is giving me the strength. And so I encourage you today, maybe you don't have the strength to move on. And it's really hard to learn how to do this But just like Paul learned, we need to be learning every single day how to lean on God's strength because through him, we can do all things as this verse says here, as Paul told us. And so my last point for you guys, and we've mentioned this already, is move forward. Simply just move forward. God specifically tells us not to remember the former things of life right? He tells it, he, he, and we're going to read a verse in where he says this, but he tells us not to remember the former things. And he's not saying, don't, don't just, you know, don't just, you can't forget things as humans, right? We can't just forget them completely. But the thing is, is he's saying, don't focus on those bad things. You can reflect on them, learn from them, but don't focus on them because there's something new coming. And so Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 through 19, it will be on the screen here. It says this, it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. He says, don't even consider them. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
God is doing a new thing in your life. But he says here, he says, it's there. There's a new thing that's coming. But then he asks a question. Do you, do you, do you perceive it? Do you see what I'm doing in your life? And you see what happens is when we're stuck looking backwards, when we're stuck looking at all the bad things, failures, successes, good things, when we're stuck looking at all of the things in the past, we're missing what God is actually providing for us for the future. He's making a way in the wilderness. He tells us that he's making a way in the wilderness. But sometimes we don't perceive it because we're, we're too stuck on looking on everything in the, in the, in the rearview mirror. Just like Lot's wife. Are you still looking at Sodom and Gomorrah? Are you actually, some of us, maybe you're intentionally looking back because you are thinking that you want to go back to the place you used to be at. But that's preventing you from moving forward, just like it prevented Lot's wife from being able to move forward. Maybe you're still stuck on looking at things in 2020. Still stuck at looking at COVID-19. Still stuck at looking at your finances. Still stuck at looking at all those things. But if we're stuck on those things, God is trying to show you something new. Do you not perceive it because you're looking at everything else? Now, the weight of verse 19 here is huge for uh, Israel. And here's the reason why. Because Israel understood what he, what, what Isaiah was trying to say here. God says, I will make a way in the wilderness. Now, the Israelites at this point, they had to travel from Israel to Babylon. And then they had to travel from Babylon back to Israel. And the reason why was because Babylon took them into captivity. On the way back from Babylon, they had to travel a long, long, long way, hundreds of miles on foot through the wilderness. There was just nothing there. They had to travel a very long way. And with the caravan, it would take about four months to travel on foot. And you're thinking, four months? Well, that's not too bad. Listen, I struggle with an eight-hour drive. I moved down to Virginia. When I have to go back up to Connecticut, you know, every every few months for my infusion, I, I, I dread the eight-hour travel back up and eight hours back. This is a one-way trip for Israel, 900 miles, four, uh, four months it would take to do 900 miles, or for some of you out there, 1,448 kilometers. It was a long travel through the wilderness, and they had to go through this. But then it says that God is making a way for you in the wilderness. He's making rivers in the desert. He's saying, even though it's dry out there and it looks like it's dry, I'm going to provide for you. So I want to ask you today, what is your wilderness that you're going through right now? Are you stuck looking at everything in the past and trying to go back to that former life? Or are you allowing, are you, are you perceiving what God is trying to do for you? That he's doing a new thing, making a way for you to get through whatever situation you're going through right now. And he is going to provide, just like he says, he's putting rivers in the deserts for, for uh, the Israelites here. He's going to continue providing for you as well. So I have a few questions for you today. Are you going to be observant and obedient to God or are you going to stay stuck in Sodom? Are, are you going to make a move today or are you going to glance back at Gomorrah? Remember this. Verse, or chapter 4, verse 13 of Philippians says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do 
all things through him who strengthens me. Whatever your situation is right now, whatever happened back in 2020, whatever happened back in 2019, whatever it might be, all the good, all the bad things that happened, look at it, reflect on it, learn from it, and then move forward. We need to move forward. As we move into 2021, we need to move forward from these things because God is doing a new thing in your life. And I believe that God is going to do some great things here at God Squad Church. I've been believing that God is going to do some big things this year, and I'm super excited for it. But I want to see not just the church moving forward. I want to see the individuals in the church, the individuals in the community. I want to see even myself and my wife move forward as we go into 2021 and not continue looking in the rearview mirror at what happened in the past. Some of you today need to take that first step to moving forward in what God's plans are for you. A lot of times you're thinking, well, you know, I got too much going on in my life right now. I know God has called me to do this in my life, but there's just so much going on and I'm going to have to put God's plans on the back burner for now. And I think that's going to, he's going to have to be okay with that. Some of you might be doing that right now. Maybe you need to take that first step to move forward. All the baggage that you have, or maybe the bad things that have happened in the past that you're continuing to look at, maybe God's trying to get you out of that valley just like he did for Lot and his and his family. They had to run through a valley. Remember, it said in Genesis, they had to run through a valley to get to the hills before they were gone from Sodom and Gomorrah, before they were allowed to actually look back at the destruction of what happened when Abraham finally reached the top of the hill. He looked back and looked at the destruction. Sometimes we have to go through that valley, but there is a hill at the end of it. So maybe you need to take that first step into moving forward. Or maybe there are others of you right now, you need to take your first step in a relationship with Jesus Christ just as a whole. A lot of times people focus too much on the baggage that they're carrying and it's too heavy for them to carry alone. And They're saying, well, you know what? I got too much in my life. I've done too many bad things. There's no possible way. I know that I've been to church before. People have said that Jesus can save me, but you you don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know what I've done. Well, I have news for you. If you don't think that my God can take care of what you've done, then you underestimate the power of my God. I promise you that if you accept Jesus Christ, that he will change. He will radically change your life. He is a powerful God. He will change your life and he can save you from all of the bad things that you've done. Your life is not set in stone yet. Your, 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 your future is not just all set in stone. God can change you. God can save you. Jesus Christ, you see, he came from his heavenly throne to this earth and he lived a completely pure and perfect life. He did nothing wrong. But even though he did nothing wrong, he went to the cross to pay a debt that he shouldn't have had to pay. He paid the debt for me. He paid the debt that you owe. He paid the debt that everybody in the entire world, every single human that lived on this earth, he paid the debt for every single person so that they would have the chance to accept him into their lives. And three days later, after he died on the cross, he broke free from the grave. He broke through death. He broke the chains of sin. He broke the chains of death. He broke through so that we could be with him one day. 
and because he broke through those the, 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 all the sin in our lives and he broke that barrier, we have a chance to be able to to be able to turn our eyes on a new path, turn our minds and repent of our sins. We just talked about how we have our sins in our life. And a lot of times we continue looking at those sins, but now because we're repenting of those things, we're no longer looking in that direction. We're now looking in a new direction so that we can move forward in our life. And so we repent of our sins. And when we do that, we can ask God the Father for forgiveness of our sins. And it washes our heart so that it's as white as snow. So there's no, there's no stains of sin. There's no stains of shame. There's no stains of any pain there anymore because of the sin that we have in our lives. And when we do that and we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, we can be in heaven with him for all of eternity. And so I want to ask you today, maybe you need to rededicate your life. You've done this before. You've asked Jesus into your heart, but you've fallen away for a long time. And you're like, okay, I'm ready to make that step. I'm ready to move forward. I want to ask you today to repeat the prayer I'm about to say, but also maybe you're, you're, you've never done this before. Maybe this is the first time you're going to accept Jesus Christ into your heart. If you want to do that today and make that first move, repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on a cross and I believe that he rose from the grave. I ask you right now, to live inside of me. I receive your grace, your mercy, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people that are just that are just accepting Jesus Christ into your lives? Let me tell you, you are not going to regret it.